and welcome to A Thousand Hours, a football manager podcast run by three people called Alex. I'm Alex Towles. Alex Woodward is Alex Woodward. Hello, Alex Woodward. Hello. And Alex Tamp Brown is Alex Tamp Brown. Hello, Alex Tamp Brown. Good evening. It's been a little while since we've recorded because Christmas happened and Christmas is a good excuse to not record. But we're back. We are slightly heavier in the belly and we have logged many, many hours of Football Manager 23 since we last recorded. So we're good to go. Before we go, though, I do just want to say thank you to all of you that have been tuning into the podcast so far. We've been doing remarkably well for a podcast that I advertised by replying to a Loki Doki tweet once and that's about it uh so if you've been enjoying the show do come do obviously subscribe on your podcast feed of choice or come and follow us on twitter uh where you can find out in tweet form about the latest episodes or at us uh if you want us to discuss anything in particular or tell us about your stories because if we didn't like hearing other people's stories about Football Manager, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. So you can do that at a thousand hours pod on Twitter. Come and let us know how you've been getting on. Can can I also give a shout out to Carlton Palmer, who we dedicated the last episode to, who is obviously definitely listening as well. I mean, he didn't reply to us on Twitter when we gave him a shout out and asked him to reply. Because he's been too busy looking at us and researching his own prowess on Football Manager. That's why. Question is, which random Leeds player we're going to drop into this episode? I'm sure we can find a way to drop one in. I've got a feeling it's Shane Higgs. Well, there we are, um, done. It's actually not. I do have a random old Leeds player I, I, to mention <laughs> later on. I, I was uh, going to say we'll Sean McDermott, why not? But we'll, we'll, we'll try and avoid that <laughs> discussion. Sure. Anyway, anyway, we've all been playing lots of Football Manager. Who wants to go first? Um, if 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 we want to start off with some horrific stories again, it's it, I always seem to be the person that does these. Um, yeah, because you've been having a lovely time, isn't it? Isn't it, Tam Brown? As much as and 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 this is to you, Miles Jacobson. As much as I love Football Manager, and as much as I love handing over your my money to you every every year. Uh, I want to say that this is starting to become an abusive relationship. Yeah. So because... we're starting off with the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Just because FM23 has not treated me treated me too nicely. Um, I don't know how other people have been feeling about FM23 this year. I find it quite difficult to get into. So I've been kind of chopping and changing because there's been a few things that have been very, very difficult. So obviously started with my, my AC San Marino save, which didn't last too long because... I just could not buy a win, no matter how much I tried. Then moved to Tadcaster Albion, did pretty well, um, but kind of got a bit bored of that. So I decided when I came back from from my Christmas break to to try a different thing. And that was, I don't know if anyone has seen Out of Context FM's uh, Twitter thread of trying to win the league with a team that's never won the league before in every European country. I decided to try that, but I decided to try it on extreme difficulty. So I decided to try and win the league with a team that has never won their their top division, nor the biggest cup, their FA Cup, basically, in their, in their nation. Uh, so I started out thinking, right, and I got a huge uh, Excel spreadsheet, which the other Alexes will attest to was, was quite large, um, and I took every top division team that I could find that has never won an FA Cup or a or a league, 
And I decided, right, okay, I'm going to start small and work my way up Europe. So obviously that meant I started in the Welsh Premier League. I started with Haverford West County. Took me three seasons to win the league. First season, came third, got into the Europa Conference League um, and managed to get to the group stages the next season. That season I finished second and I somehow managed to get into, I think it was the Europa League. No, no, no. No, I got into the Europa League through winning the cup, but then the, the, the deal isn't done because I've not won the league yet. So up we go. Third season, win the league. Brilliant. I, I go out in a blaze of, of glory, um, having qualified Haverford West for the Champions League. Big wins all round. However, because I, I was managing in Wales, I just didn't have the reputation and I, I didn't have big leagues turned on. I wanted to go and move my way up. So the next step was for me was Northern Ireland. And could I get a job in Northern Ireland? Nah. I, the amount of times I applied for the LAN post, they sacked three managers over the course of a season, right? And the amount of times I applied for that job and the fans laughed me off. I was there like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. I'm not going to be able to get a job outside of Wales here. I think you left too early, mate, to be honest. I, I think it may, maybe if, you, if you'd stayed another season and managed them in the Europa League group stages or taken yeah. them into the Champions League, then maybe you could have done a bit, like maybe that could have raised your reputation quite a bit. If I'd have got them into the Champions League group stages, which wouldn't have been impossible, it would have been very unlikely, but it wouldn't have been impossible. Um, I would have raised my profile, but in my head, the rules were as soon as you win the league, you resign at the end of that season. All right. Because I, I felt it to be unfair otherwise. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, I, I tried to get a job in Northern Ireland. It did not happen. Like, uh, So there were yeah. two teams that I was courting. Larn was one of them, and they changed their manager more often than the other team. Uh, and I just could not get in at all. I, so, I think I've, I've noticed that this is a thing with Glory Hunt saves in any football manager, I think. Like, I've never done one myself, yeah. but like I think the most famous example is Dr. Benji on the old YouTubes. He did a glory hunter save and he couldn't leave his first club for Toffee or he left and then couldn't get a big enough job. So like, if you've had this issue, tweet at us at a thousand hours pod or don't. We don't care. We're going to keep complaining regardless. But like what? Right into the show. What did you what did you do, Tam Brown? What did you do to fix the fact that you couldn't do it? I I think the fix is to not start in Wales because they are the only l- league in football manager where every single side in the top division is semi-professional apart from TNS. Right? So you might have yeah. to do might might start in Northern Ireland try and do a season in Wales and win the league straight away and then move to, say, Ireland or Finland or somewhere like that, one of these really kind of lower reputation leagues in Europe and build your way up that way. But I I took my bat and ball home and returned to my Tadcaster Albion save and I am going to be kind of continuing on with both as and when I feel like I can subject myself to the level of violence the, the the road to glory save had me under. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wales is a very useful thing. Wales is very useful if you're a team in England in the lower leagues because a lot of their players are on non-contract and because Wales are pretty decent as a country, they get some very good youngsters coming through. So if you just look, yeah. like go to the Welsh Premier 
look at the like season preview best eleven, find any regen. They're almost pos- almost certainly on a non contract, and you can pick them up for like one and a half, two and a half grand a week, and they'll be solidly national league or league two quality. Yeah, that that is completely true. I think it was best evidenced by the fact that I got a regen come through in in my second season, who I was going to use for my third season because he looked fantastic. Um, and my hatred of Forest Green continues. Uh, this is a long running joke back from when we did a beautiful game with uh, University Radio York. Uh, but the top and the top and tail of it is I hate Forest Green. That's all you need to know. Uh, and yeah, Forest it's Green, an entirely reasonable opinion. It's an entirely reasonable opinion, of course. Uh, and Forest Green nabbed. No, it's my... not. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is entirely reasonable opinion based in facts and logic. <laughs> <laughs> not at all based on the fact that they relegated York Look, that one time and that's it I don't hate Ipswich, what's going on? well you should <laughs> but I shouldn't he, he, <laughs> I was going to say either or so this guy comes through my youth academy setup, and then Forrest Green poach him before he accepts a part time contract offer with me so I get zero fee for him and he's starting for Forrest Green in League 1 and I'm there like this man would have revolutionised my midfield. I've Jamie done Telford, the manager, so if you're yeah, listening, I know you're not because you're not real. Right? <laughs> if you're listening, Jamie Telford, <laughs> you're a scumbag and I hate you. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I've actually done that in my Taunton save. Uh, we'll get onto it in a minute, but I've I achieved great success through doing exactly what Forest Green have done to you there. That is a much more reasonable reason to hate Forest Green than your actual it's, reason. It's, I didn't think I could hate them more, and now I do. And it's all because of, of a, a combination of pixels on a glorified spreadsheet game, and I feel visceral anger. Right? <laughs> That's what we're all here pumping for. Through my veins. We're so, all here because we all feel visceral anger over the spreadsheet yeah. football game. And I'm exactly. sure you listening agree as well. <laughs> so to cut, to cut that part of my life out, I, I went back to my Tadcaster save and we're now uh, top of the Vanarama National League North. Decent. Big win. And um, for those of you who are long-time listeners of two episodes ago, will know that uh, Boris Obama is m- my favourite man. And I've <laughs> got someone else into the club who shares... Uh, Boris's love of, of fantastic names. And it's the most football manager name I, I think I've ever seen playing for, for one of my teams. And it's uh, Don Duncan. And Don Duncan is a, a centre-back that I, I poached from, from Lancaster City, I believe it was. And he's just a bit of a beast, really. Don Duncan it, sounds like someone who got 100 goals for Shrewsbury in 1950. Apart from this Don Duncan plays at centre-back, is an absolute unit. He's 112 kilos, and he's six foot seven, and I love him. And he's only played three games for me. <laughs> Are you going to sign someone called Dick? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, but I, I agree with Aww. you. You need, to get a, you need to get a swear word in there as a, as a good regen name. No, no, no. You need a Dick and Dom centre-back. That's what you're saying. Dick and Dom. Oh, I thought you, I just heard Dick. Come on, in the bungalow. Like, oh, okay. oh, right, no, no. Alex Tampron quotes, so take it out of context. 
the greatest British double <laughs> oh, act of all time. Right. Uh, no, I, I think Don, Don Duncan is a good name, but I don't think it, it's not it's not of the level of Boris Obama. Boris Obama is absurd. Bo- Boris Obama mm. is absolutely absurd, but in terms of a real name that could actually happen, <laughs> Don Duncan is, is, is up there. I mean, Boris Obama is a real name that could happen because, as you remember, you're going to name your firstborn Boris Obama Tom Brown. <laughs> I mean, so that is a real name that could happen. My, my, if if he gets me promoted out of the National League North, I'm I'm definitely considering changing my own name via deed poll to Boris Obama. <laughs> but if you do that, then that ruins be interesting the whole point when of the you're podcast. running for for office. <laughs> you can change your surname. You can be Alex Boris Obama with a new double world surname. Scrap Tom Brown. You're now Boris Obama. <laughs> I'd have to convince my parents a lot of things, and I think... Well, you'd have to convince us curious. to bin off your Alexness. That's true, that's true. We, we couldn't be Alex Cubed anymore if I, if I binned off my Alexness. Absolutely. And what's more important at the end of the day? Um, not joining Forest Green Rovers. That is the most important <laughs> thing of any, of any save. Uh, I think I'm going to make you the Forest Screen manager on, on this editor I, save now. I, I wish them uh, eternal damnation in pits of fire that burn everything that Forest Green ever touches. Well, we'll see how that goes. No need. Let's rein this back in a bit, and I'll talk about Taunton Town. Because I'm still at Taunton Town. Believe it or not, the one club save is still going. And I've actually played less Football Manager over the last month than I did in the time beforehand. Like, I've only actually done... So, in, in over the last couple episodes we did they were like a couple weeks between each and i played through two seasons in those couple weeks each time but in the month or so since we've recorded i've only actually done a season and a bit as when we last did the last podcast i was coming towards the end of the 2026-27 season and taunton town were in the national league and we won the national league with 98 points from 46 games uh, which was very fun and cool, and I really like Tyrese Campbell, no, not that one. Then last season, 2027-28, we got promoted from League 2. I had a dual promotion, baby, uh, and it was really fun because we started the league like a house on fire, and up until like March, we were, uh, up until like February, we were in a title race. Until March, April, we were solidly an automatic promotion side. But then from like March until May, the form dropped off a cliff and we ended the season playing like a mid-table League 2 side, which is probably what our talent suggested we were after our pure momentum of getting promoted carried us up to the top of the table. Uh, and then somehow we, we did actually drop out of the automatic promotion places and ended up finishing fifth in the league behind Bristol Rovers and Notts County on 82 points. And then we somehow won the playoffs. We went into the playoffs as the out of form team, which everyone knows means you get battered and lose in the first round. But we somehow scraped through to the final where we beat Bristol Rovers 3-1 and got promoted to League One, where we are currently. And we are 10 games into our League One season. And we find ourselves in 15th place with four wins, one draw, and five losses. And 
as I said to the other Alexes before the podcast, streaky Alex Towles is back in full force because our last seven games were four losses in a row, then three wins in a row. I've, I've got one question. and it, uh-huh. So ho- hopefully the listeners will understand uh, the meme format I'm going to talk about. But you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where it's Darth Vader and it's like, oh, where's Padme? Is she safe? Yeah. That, but for Nick Makuti. You're going to love this. Nick Makuti was at AOC Telford for a little while. Uh, and he played for You let him seasons. go? No, I, I let him go ages ago. I let him go before the last podcast, mate. I, f- I forgot that you let him go. I, I, I feel eternal sadness. Do, uh, yeah, do you not have he, one player that you've like kept on through the leagues just to kind um, of... Yes, that player is Jack Bycroft, the goalkeeper. Big up Jack he, Bycroft. So he left in the second season because um, he was only on loan in the first season from Southampton. He went back to Southampton for a season. His contract expired. I brought him back on a free and he's still my starting goalkeeper in League One. The stars say he's a National League standard goalkeeper, but that's by the by. Nick McCutty was at AFC Telford for four seasons after he played for us. He actually did all right for them. AFC uh, Telford dropped out of the um, in-game leagues, going down to the non-league, non-league. Um, and he got twenty goal, no, 30 goals for them across three, four seasons. So four, then six, then ten, then ten across four seasons for AFC Telford. Then he retired in the summer. And now he's my under-18s assistant coach. Yay! There we are. There we are. I, I, I thought you were really going to upset me, but you've brought him back. I have brought him back. I saw that he'd retired, and I had to bring him back. I, I, I wouldn't have known until unless I... Because um, obviously I'm now into my seventh season of the save, which means at the start of this season, well, more accurately, at the end of last season, I got the taunting class of 2022, where are they now, email. Oh, yes. And I was looking through, reminiscing over the likes of Jay Falston uh, and Nick McCutty, of course, and I saw that he'd recently retired. And so I brought him in. Uh, without sounding too much like either Nick McCutty's agent or his, his partner, is there promotion opportunities within the setup at Taunton Town for him to become part of the first team setup? Uh, yes, if he gets more coaching badges, because he's currently on his National B licence, uh, and three of his coaching stats are one out of 20, so he's got to get a bit better. Well, there, there we go. That's that's the challenge for today. Yes, last week, I say last week, like we recorded last week, we didn't record. Last time we were talking about Carlton Palmer. Today, the episode is dedicated to Nick McCutty. Get your coaching licences, bud. You're on the way up. Yeah, if we got to... Sam Brown, I have a feeling that what happened is that Nick McCooty was sat in the Soccer Saturday studio recording and he finally realised that his heart was with towels and, and Taunton and he rushed back to the stadium as the game was going on joined the <laughs> coaching staff on the sideline. He went one step further. He, went on, he got on his knees and begged him. He was there like, please, please let me become your under-18s assistant manager. It was it was poetic. Oh, it's funny because he I, I wouldn't he wouldn't accept a basic coach role. He had to be assistant coach, and I had to fire a lad who was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> is, but, is that not the most football manager thing? Yeah. Sacking a, a decent under 18 assistant manager because you know what? I quite like this dude. He yeah. comes in. This lad, this lad played, got forty goals for me. Uh, and for those of you who are on of a 
way too online persuasion. My performance analyst is Carlin Carpenter, who's well known for working for StatsBomb and being on Twitter. This is not a fact of any did, interest for the other two Alexes. I've, I've, I've never heard of, of, of this person, so I, I apologise profusely yeah. to them. But it is always quite cool to see that people that you know are in Football Manager mm. in like weird kind of roles. So a, a, a lad that I uh, did my A-levels alongside is now the uh, fitness coach at uh, Scarborough Athletic under Jonathan Green and, and Michael Ingham, which is, oh, is, is pretty cool. My, I, my uh, uh, a lad I played youth football alongside was briefly in the game at the Bristol Rovers under-18s, though not anymore. Um, this was a little while ago, because hmm. I am not under-18 anymore. Don't know if you've noticed. Uh, but yeah, my, my football coach at college at sixth form was the goalkeeping coach at Taunton when I first joined. And I would have brought this up if it wasn't for the fact that I didn't realise until like four or five seasons in when I'd already got rid of him. I was going to say, you didn't realise until you'd sacked him. How yeah. awful. I, just, the man I, I looked gave at him and I was so like, much. your name rings a bell. Why does your name ring a bell? I'm like, oh, that'll be it. It's because you saw him down the local um, job centre after you'd sacked him. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you awful, awful man. Oh, dear. I don't know how I'm going to feed my family now. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> Yeah, so, so what the Tolls best... is just there in his head going, don't humanise him. I made a decision. It was a good business <laughs> strategy. Yeah, I've got... Um... Who have I got? Where's my goalkeeping coaches? By the way, my local area produced Kevin Keegan and literally no one else. Whoa, uh, whoa, my, whoa. my coaching staff Tommy does Spur. have... Is Tommy Spur from Doncaster? No, he played for Doncaster. I don't think he's from Doncaster. Well, this is going to have to be a quick Google, isn't it? I, I swear it's gonna have to be a quick Google. I don't, I don't think Tommy. Sp- it might be. Well, it turns out he lived next door for like five oh, years. He, he was born in Leeds. I, I, I apologize. So my, my current say. goalkeeping oh, coach is guy. Mark Cousins, who was uh, the Ebbsfleet goalkeeper last season. I, actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up an obscure reference. Um, does anybody remember about? Three, four years ago, it was discovered that Martin Tyler, the football commentator, was helping out coaching at Woking. And he was actually in the game, so you could actually sign Martin Tyler as a coach. No, I have no memory of this whatsoever. Uh, I, th- I think it was like no. FM19 or FM18. And uh-huh. I always used to sign him because I just imagined in my head that he was there commentating over training and over, <laughs> over the set piece routines that I designed. Uh, I think the, but just, the most well... But just do a routine corner kick. They'd score from a routine corner kicking training. He's going, watch it! Drink it in! <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's... Gavin Keegan hands his head. He's devastated. I know, it's a different... Yeah. If, if you sign Gary Neville thing. as well, you could have that glorious oh! moment as well. <laughs> as your striker rounds the goalkeeper. I think, as Valencia will attest, don't sign Gary Neville. <laughs> as, as Gary Neville will attest, don't sign Gary Neville. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of a comment? I know this is really off topic. Have you ever heard of a comment of? I think it was he talked about Simeone when he was the Valencia manager and Simeone at Atletico Madrid, and going. It just felt like he was toying with me at one point. Like whatever I did, he was two steps ahead. It was just like he was toying with me through the entire game, and that's when I realised this this wasn't for me. I, I think every that's manager. A, that's a sensational comment. I was gonna say I think every manager in that La Liga season was two steps ahead of Gary Neville. 
and Peter Lim as well in yeah. the boardroom because that was not a match made in heaven. Yes. Sorry, Gary, if you're listening. <laughs> anyway, back to Tom. I mean, like, like we said, Gary admits yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. These, they were his own words. The biggest name in my coaching staff uh, at Taunton, and I apologise if my sounded rubbish because my microphone has fallen down. I hadn't noticed. Uh, my biggest name in my coaching staff is Hayden Mullins, who in real life is the current head coach of Scunthorpe and was last season head coach of Col- of Colchester in real life. So if you want to... That, that's, that's the name. It's Hayden Mullins. He's the big name of my coaching staff. This has become less of an FM podcast and more of a who can name the most obscure footballer in terms Isn't that of just what who... FM is as well? Oh, I, I, I suppose so. I suppose so. All right. But making it more FM related. Oh, wow. oh my God. We are so, so not ready for League One. <laughs> so I mentioned that towards the back end of last season in game, we dropped off in form to being playing more to our level. And our level was about a mid-table League 2 side. League 1's a bit of a step up from League 2. You take about a mid-table League 1 side, League 2 side, and put them in League 1, and they get absolutely battered. And that's very much what has happened to us, or what was happening until we managed to get some wins together. Um, So we lost twice... Twice in the first few games of this season, twice in ten games, I've gone down to nine men. And sorry, sorry, what are you instructing them to do? There's Have no you found, like, like a new instruction that's just break the opposition's <laughs> legs. No, I, I, I've like what both of these times my pressing forward has been sent off, which is weird. But then I've also had this lad called, and I apologise, Jack, if you're listening, because this is a real person, Jack Hinshelwood who is currently, in real life, coming through the youth system at Brighton. And he was on my radar for a few years because he's a ball-winning midfielder and he's basically Josh Carey, who's been my ball-winning midfielder since the National League days, but better. And the problem with Jack Hinchelwood is he has the trait dives into tackles. Jack Hinchelwood, both times I've started Jack in the league, he was the second man to get sent off. Wait, wait a minute. So he saw the first person getting sent off and went, well, this isn't enough red cards for me. Yeah, and then got sent off. And then he did it twice. The next time I started, he, he served his suspension, came back, and then did exactly the same thing again. Uh, monkey see, monkey do, he thought that was And then I, I also... My, my misery was compounded by Jack Bycroft, who... As mentioned earlier, is the stalwart of the save. He is Taunton's all-time record appearance holder. He is my starting goalkeeper now in League Two and was my starting goalkeeper in the Vanarama South. Um, he got injured with a hernia for the first time, like in the save. Like it's the first time he hasn't played basically every league game, uh, and he was out for four weeks in which we played five games and we lost four of those five games. It was painful. What is it with? you and people called Jack letting you down. It is what it is, but Jack Boycroft has not let me down. I, I will not have that slander. He has not let me down at all. Look, he he injured himself, right? They, yeah. I, I mean, a hernia as well. <laughs> I, I, I'm also paying, like, I, I'm paying more than I've ever paid in transfer fees for two Premier League loans to some have, like, 
any players who are of the requisite quality to play in the league. Like, I, this team has three League One quality players, and two of them are on loan. The rest of the squad is League Two, decent League Two players or National League players, and we're sitting just about in the table after three league wins on the bounce. We're in 50th. It, it feels very FM, though, to get almost over-promoted and then at one yeah. point just go, oh, oh no, I, I'm in trouble here. That's exactly what's happened. We are struggling. Well, we, we're not struggling at the moment. We're going to see how long we can ride this particular train, but we have been struggling, and it's painful. The best thing about Jack Hinchwood is he doesn't start at all. Um, like he, he is my backup because Josh Carey's just playing better than him consistently through not getting himself sent off. I was going to say, it's hard, it's hard to play well when you're only doing, what, 45 minutes of work mm. every day? I think the star signing probably is Danny... Well, you've got Danny Grant, who in real life is on loan at Harrogate in League 2. Um, in the game, he was a stalwart of Stockport in League 2 and then came in to be my best left winger in my first season in League 1 after being released on a free by Stockport. So that's the level we're going for. The freebies I'm getting in are from League 2. Um, as well as my star midfielder, um, Keenan Appiah-Forsen, who in real life is on loan at VVV Venlo in the Netherlands from West Ham. Uh, in the game, he was bought by Rangers for 150 grand, then loaned out to Ghana and then Millwall, where he played eight championship games then got released at the end of the season, and I picked him up on a free, free. And by the first week of October, he's already played more League One games for me than he did championship games for Millwall. But he is my only... Hang on, let me, let me just be absolutely certain. I'll be honest, when you said loaned out to Ghana, it does sound like you mean he was loaned to the Ghanaian He was lo side. loaned to specifically Asante Kotoko SC in Ghana. Some great rejects nice. called Kotoko. That's a it's nice. a weird fact, I know. But um, it, weirdly enough, um, I do have a story about Keenan Apaya Forzen. Yeah, he so he, he is he's a decent League One player. He's my one permanent signing who's a League One quality player, according to my assistant manager. He he was he was very good on the game a few few years ago. Yeah, um, I knew the name rang the bell, rung a bell. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember I had the opportunity to sign him for uh, for a York save that I was doing, right? And the opportunity comes up to sign him, and I think oh, I think I can get someone who's cheaper but of the same quality. So I looked into West Ham to see whether or not there was someone who was displacing him in the under twenty ones, and there was, and it was uh, Iola Adebayo. So I thought, right, I'm going to sign Iola. So I signed. Iola Adebayo, uh, who now plays for Hashtag United. Big win for him. Uh, getting all that all that sponsorship deals in from YouTube. Um, and then I let uh, Keenan Apaya Forzen, you know, do what he, he needed to do. And he went on to on loan to a, a, a rival of mine in the Ranarama National League. And it's safe to say, I think I got the wrong one. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't yeah. trust like who football manager is playing in the under twenty ones because it's almost never the actually better player. I mean, Adabio was decent. Just Apaya Forzen managed to drop an average rating of about seven point five. 
Uh, yeah, he's not doing quite that well. He's, his current average rating is 6.69 in the league. And he's currently, as a star player, according to like player hierarchy, he's currently holding bench because we started winning as soon as I brought in the guy I was playing last season in the role instead. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for this year's FM about uh, tactical familiarity. Oh, yeah. I think that's the real. If you can get that really high up, then you're gonna do you're gonna do quite well. But if you can't get it up, then you're you're not having a you're not having a good time. No, yeah, that's what that's exactly what I've found. Like my, I've I've had the classic four three three with lots and lots of green lines for a long time, and it's done me well. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to plug in the better players, and they're gonna do all right. Uh, eventually, Appiah Forson is going to force his way into my starting eleven, but at the moment, Harry Brook is doing all right. Right? Do I have anything else to say about Taunton, or should we let Woodward carry on? Um, oh yeah, uh, one of my loanies uh, is being really annoying because I accidentally told Bour- promised Bournemouth his parent club that I play him as a poacher. I'm not going to play him as a poacher. You should be happy that he's playing every week. You just walk. I've just got to imagine you walking out of this meeting going, You should just be happy that I'm playing him. Shut up. Yeah, that's basically what I say every time. Oh, uh, that's one more thing. I mentioned the lad that I. Uh, there was a lad who I picked up for free off Wales. Uh, I picked him up for free off of Cardiff Meth Uni. His name is Hugh Doughty. Doughty. Doughty, however you pronounce it. Let me just pull him up. What was he studying? Christ knows, probably PE. Um, so I picked him up last season while I was in League 2, when I was panicking looking for a defender, then immediately signed another defender who I'd been launching for a while, a guy called Lee Kavanagh. Uh, and so I shunted Doty out to a right-back, um, where he played every game, because he was my best right-back, even though he was a centre-back. Then this summer, Middlesbrough came in and said, we'll give you 500 grand for him. And I said, yes, please. So I sold him to Middlesbrough for 500 grand. This, however, did present me with a problem where I didn't have a good right-back anymore because my next best right-back was Jack Scott, who, while decent, bless his heart, is a National League player. So I had to go out and find someone else. And that was one of the stories of my summer, was continually trying and failing to sign a right-back of even approaching League One quality. And the best guy I got is a regen called Graham McCutcheon, who I am paying £125,000 to Watford for the pleasure of loaning this guy who's going to be leaving them on a free next season because I couldn't get anyone else who was even remotely good. That, that is a lot of money for League One. Is it is. Like, if I just paid them one hundred and twenty-five grand for a transfer of him, that would be my record transfer by miles. Yeah. It's painful. It's painful, but it's what what these are the things you have to do to survive as a League One club, apparently. The things you sell your soul for. Yeah, it is what it is. Let's let Woodward get on with it, because I think as much as everyone's really interested in my Taunton save, which is just doing all right, everyone's here for Alex Woodward and his incredible simulations and finding out how virtual the the virtual a thousand hours gang is doing. Uh, okay, um, I, I I would disagree with that viewpoint, but I don't. It's it's nice. 
It's nice for you to say. By the way, as you were talking, I did look up the Gary Neville quote I mentioned earlier, and it's actually even more brutal than I made it out to be. <laughs> he said, quote, I felt like he was strangling me gently throughout the game. I felt like he put his hands around my neck and thought, I'll just toy with you a little bit. He was almost torturing me, football-wise, over 90 minutes, unquote. I mean, that's, that is a comment. That's something, isn't it? If that... If that doesn't show, like, if you dream about actually being a football manager, take Gary Neville's advice that it's not going to go well when you go up against an actual football manager. Because he probably thought the Valencia job was going to be a challenge, but not that much. It's alright, maybe... maybe... such a vivid description. Maybe you've got a better mind for the game than Gary Neville. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope for your dreams. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my dream, but I mean, it could if, be someone else's dream. Cartwright, if Jay Cartwright can, you know, get a team from the, <laughs> the Panorama National League to the Premier League and get a job in the England setup, it's all for you. Stuff like that doesn't go unnoticed. Ah, oh, what a reference! Right, so. Starting off um, very quickly with Palmer, because there's nothing to say because I've only done half a season. I thought we were going to struggle. Uh, I looked at my squad before pre-season and went, or at the start of pre-season and went, nah, this, this squad isn't cutting it. Even with the season preview saying I was going to finish like 16th, I was like, this, this isn't, no, this isn't happening. So about halfway through, we're... I don't have it up because I've got the going Deutsch save up. I believe we're 14th. We'll have a 12th or 14th. One of the two. And we've actually had a few decent games. The best game of which was beating Inter Milan at Inter Milan. It was on, uh, the... I forgot which one they call it. Giuseppe Mastaya. Miazzo, isn't it? No, that's not right. That's it. Mastaya's Valencia. I've still got Valencia stuck in my head because of Gary Neville being slowly strangled by Diego Simeone. So... Yeah, we, we played them. They got a man sent off after 20 minutes. Can you guess who scored the only goal of the game for Palmer? Gianluigi Buffon. What happened in real life? No, it was Mate Vidra. Can you imagine Mate Vidra in 2023 scoring the winning goal in a game against Inter Milan? I won it, but it's not happening. It's, it's almost like an Eric Chupamoting redemption arc. It is, and actually, I, I didn't start Mate Vidra a lot at the beginning of the season because I loaned Matisse Tal from Bayern Munich. He wasn't my original uh, loan a choice. I wanted to loan Willy Nonto from Leeds, but Leeds said no, and I was like, damn you. And so I went for Matisse Tal instead, which was a good backup. But he, he had a... He struggled through like two or three games on the bounce and went, I'll give Vidra a chance and just see what happens. And he actually, he scored two against, uh, who was it? I can't remember who it was, I'll be honest. It's a while ago since I did this. I can't remember, I can't remember. I've been too busy crying at the Tour de France video game because my team aren't good and I don't understand why. Anyway, that's a different game. So he, he scored two in his first game and he scored one in his next game and then the next game was into Milan and he scored again in that game. And he just had this really weird good run. And then I I, I think last I last I played he'd scored he'd scored a couple more times. So I don't know why he's so good in Serie A because he he did get off to a good fast start in Serie B but then stopped. But he's still doing really well in Serie A. Apart from that, it's a very middle-of-the-road campaign with not much to write home about. So, 
Really, I should probably talk about Going Deutsches. So I'm calling it the Going Deutsch save because it's a German save. And it plugs for podcasts. Bring back the so podcast, Woodward. I know there's no German football. Talk about it anyway. <laughs> Just give. I, I wrote an article. Give the people what they that want. <laughs> I can't read an article while I'm driving to work, Woodward. Oh. That, that would be problematic. And also, actually, I, I put one of my articles, one of the German articles on, you know, sort of like text-to-speech, and oh my God, does it get everything wrong. <laughs> I mean, a Yorkshire accent trying German words isn't exactly the best scenario for the text-to-speech for to understand. No, 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 it's just text. It's just for text of like Hoffenheim. It can't say Hoffenheim to save its life. It says Hoff Hoffenheim or Hoffenheim or something like that. I don't know where it's getting all the, the extra letters from, but it, it's finding them somewhere. So going into the save, of a few changes I made to the Dritter Liga outside of Ted Lasso's Bayreuth, the main one was to just give Kai Havertz to a random side. I, I saw the side come up, they were called SV Wacker Burghausen. I was like, I'm just going to give them a really good player at random. And so I, I went on to the Premier League season preview, looked at that, you know, best starting 11 combined, and saw Kai Havertz. I went, yeah, sure. And loaned him to them. He he's played really well. Eighteen goals, five assists, seven point three nine average rating, and Vaka Berghausen have actually stayed up. So well done to Vaka Berghausen. Of course, the key part of the Dritter Liga was see what happened to Bayreuth, and I am glad to say they finished twelfth. No, they they won the league. Yeah. Finally, they won the league. I made so many extra ludicrous signings. You'll be glad to hear, by the way, Colin Adeng and Dee took over as the starting goalkeeper once I upped his current ability and potential ability <laughs> to make him good enough. And so he's done well, 6.96 average rating. All I'm saying is you gave Colin Adeng and Dee the correct rating. For his actual ability. <laughs> FM criminally underrates Colin Aden and D. Let's just have a look. 16 appearances, 19 conceded, 5 clean sheets, time-wasting runs to the left, 27. That's about good. It's it's an official stat now in Football Manager. I don't know if you've heard. but It's the right stat. Can you guess who once again was the star of the show? Me. No, it wasn't you. It was Darwin Nunes again. Uh, he was the only player who played well last year. This year he managed to one-up himself. He had 49 goal contributions in 35 games. That's about Nick Makuti. As opposed level. to his 39 in 38 last year. So he's actually able to score. Actually, you... And everything. I've, I've just thought of it, and this is definitely inspired by Twitter, but I would love to do uh, an FM experiment of... A front three of Darwin Nunes, Timo Werner, and Romelu Lukaku. Oh just, yeah, just to see that that can be amazing. Just to see what would happen because I am pretty sure it would all be great xG, great chances created, amazing key passes for the midfield, but just absolute zero finishing ability from all three of them. I feel like this is replicable if you just go to last season's game and play as Chelsea, because you've already got two of them. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. 
Just go and sign Darling. You see that moment where Lukaku got his first touch of a game in a recent intergame, it just immediately went out. It's absolutely fantastic. Edin Dzeko was genuinely laughing at him on the sidelines. Uh, I mean, talk about a downhill slope that he's been <laughs> on in the last few years. But I just decided around our key players who, who are like the Ted Lasso replicas, I just decided to sign a load of old people because the issue is when you when you just sim through an entire season whilst being the active manager of the club, it doesn't matter how much you've delegated to the staff, everyone's annoyed at you. And so the number of players who have demanded to leave, it must be in, in two seasons like 30 because everyone just gets annoyed that you're not doing enough, you're not answering their calls, you're not doing anything. And so they, they just want to leave. And so I've replaced all the players with old players, including Socrates, Pastor Fapa Papa Boss, whatever he's called, uh, Morgan Snyderlin's come in, who else have I signed? Stefan and Beer, Harry Arter, Jose Fonte. Harry Arter? Harry Arter, I just saw him. He had an expired contract, so I went, yeah, sure. I wonder if what he's Harry up to Arter in my Probably not playing anymore. I also sat, found a guy called Luis Rojas, and I had to sign a guy called Rojas. Football is life! You got it. Harry Arter is done. not in the game anymore in my safe. I've just noticed he's joining Shamrock Rovers on the 1st of July 2024. He's played 50 games for Bayreuth and had 10 assists. So he's been all right. He's been a backup player, but he's been all right. Decent. But now he's leaving. Because I did actually finally change my responsibilities at the beginning of this season to make sure the director of football was handling outgoing transfers, which I, I didn't bother with before. So so that was probably a smart thing. As well as them, Jan Regensburg, managed by Typhon Corkett in the Dritterliga, some Bundesliga fans will know who he is. He had a terrible time at Hertha last year. And Saarbrücken were promoted to the Zweite Bundesliga. Of course, this is where the main interest is. There's so much that's happened in the Zweite. And I, and I love all of it. And it's going to be very fun to go through. And before we get into what's going on in the Zweite, we'll have a quick break. Back in a minute. What a lovely break. Anyway, Alex Woodward, you are about to tell us who we are managing in the Spice of Bundesliga, how all the virtual towels Woodward and Tam Brown are getting on. Yeah, so Spice of Bundesliga, we were all involved in it this season. Starting off, by the way, with a few signings that were made by each of the clubs. Um, please remind us who we're at, because I've fucking forgotten. Actually, good point, because I, I put myself into the game. I wasn't in it at this point last season. So, Alex Tamp-Brown was with Darmstadt, you were with Hanover, and I originally was going to make myself a manager of Fortuna Dusseldorf, which felt harsh because it meant getting rid of Pellegrino Maserazzo, who had only been in the job for a couple months. I didn't want to give myself a St. Pauli job because you might remember last time they had Harry Kane and a 200 Covenant Ability Jackson Irving. And just having that level of advantage felt harsh. So I decided not to do that. But the football gods did offer me a different option. Because you might remember I mentioned a certain team were in the relegation playoff game. And Union Berlin were relegated 
two of us fight a Bundesliga, which normally I'd be sad about, but it's football manager, and remember, I got to take over Union Berlin. So I was very happy about it in the end. By the way, I did just show the two people on this podcast, Scheiser, were going up by Kit Holden, excellent read. But I took over Union Berlin, and you were at your clubs as uh, before. So I was at Darmstadt. No. Tant Brown was... Tant oh, Brown was at Darmstadt. You were at Hanover. It was at Hanover. There were a few really interesting signings that happened in the January window. I signed Reese Oxford from Augsburg. By the way, when I say I signed, I mean computer me signed. I signed Johannes Gase from Nuremberg, Ooh. Victor Gokrez from Augsburg as well, <laughs> which I well, love. Was Are Augsburg. you sure you didn't actually transfer these to yourself? <laughs> no, no, no. These were all just good signings. These are all you, really you signings. There was there was one that I, I signed, but Thomas Mounier as well joined Union Berlin for the title. Yeah, let me just check his his current ability. It's 126, so he's not it's not bad. But he joined for 975,000. I don't Where know how. Where money from? Well, we did sell Geraldo Becker and Andreas Schaefer, Paul Yakel. For a combined twenty million. Oh, and Robin Knocker for another eight million. So we sold quite a few really good players. But yeah, the weirdest one for me though, we signed Oh, and Patrick Pfeiffer, actually, from Inter Milan. He he joined Inter Milan. Fighter Bundesliga fans know that Patrick Pfeiffer's good but not that good. Played four games and then joined Union Berlin. I don't get it either. And it would have really helped Alex Sam Brown at Darmstadt if Patrick Pfeiffer had stayed. But, sorry. The key one, though, for me was he signed Rainier on loan from Real Madrid. And that right. was fascinating because I signed Rainier for Salta Vigo. It was my first signing of my Salta Vigo save that I loved so much. Rainier for three, it was, was it three million? They, they wanted rid of him, and I understood why after I signed him, and he was dreadful. But he, he joined <laughs> my union, and then that gave me the idea, and I did interject in one transfer. I signed Jamie Lawrence, and then made him a good Svita Bundesliga defender, because I love Jamie Lawrence. If you've listened to Going Deutsch this year, you'll know that I cannot get through a single Jamie Lawrence reference without talking about Football Manager <laughs> during it. <laughs> oh, Jamie Lawrence has been sent off. He wasn't like this on my Football Manager save. This is shocking. I'm trying to remember if Alex Towles signed anyone interesting. We'll get to Alex Tant Brown. Oh, you did sign Sven Michel from Union Berlin. Dick. <laughs> And Genki Havaguchi returned. Who? Genki Havaguchi, he used to play for Hanover. He was really good for them. I remember he had a game against St. Pauli where he just kicked everyone in the mouth. But the best one was easily... Well, the best one by mine. But the best signing easily was Alex Tamp Brown because Alex Tamp... We mentioned that we'd be talking about Leeds players from ages ago who nobody remembers. Do you want to know who you signed? Pierre-Michel Lasogga. What? <laughs> Why have I signed him? I don't know. <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't even like him when he played for Leeds. <laughs> but 
Oh, he, he's like yeah. a big lord, isn't he? Yeah, he was playing in guitar, yeah. and you signed oh. him. Because I, I remember him. I had him. I had him on FIFA. Funnily enough, I think when I did my Hanover FIFA save that I mentioned in the last podcast. Mm. Did he play yeah. for Hanover? He did play for Hanover. Oh no, he didn't play for Hanover. He played for Hamburg. Ah, that one. But I... yeah, it's it's feasible that you would have signed him because there was that time where he looked really good. So look, look at what you've done. I've I've now finished my drink because I've signed <laughs> bloody Lasaga. One of the <laughs> one of the best Leeds moments of I didn't all even know time. Leeds. Go and look. Was Takara the... obviously? Well, yeah, that. Do you know, I've, I know what you're referring to, the goal against Nottingham Forest, right? I, I was I was there for that game, and I remember seeing him run to the ball as if he was going to strike it, and I, I said, don't. And then he smacked <laughs> it straight into the top corner. <laughs> so, do, it turns out. But yeah. there, there was a video, and it's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's filmed in the cop. And this guy, this guy, Lasaga's on the ball, and this guy says, Lasaga, get into the box, you fat. Boop! It rhymes with hunt. And <laughs> it was so funny, and he smacks it straight into the top corner afterwards. It was one of his best goals for Leeds, but it's one of the funniest videos. It's, it's one of them where the striker's definitely heard, and he's like, oh, oh, yeah. When did he play for Leeds? It was 2017-18. It was the same right. summer they signed, like, Felix Viedvald as well. The same summer that they signed Matthias Click and Pontus Janssen. It was, yes, it was. Oh. but As well as uh, J. Roy Grott, who was going to be an absolute... Uh, he was... An unbelievable player. To quickly talk about a different video game, he was so good on, like, PES 2018. He, he was... That's a really He scored, like, reference. a hat-trick in the Champions League final for me. I don't know why his overall was low. None of his stats were high, but he just dominated. Every time he touched the ball, it just flew into the top Nick corner. Nick as, as did Lasaga, to be honest. Yeah, Nick McCutty. But I think we can fa- all agree that the worst thing that happened to Leeds in the summer of 2017 was the fact that uh, Marco Silvestri was let go. In all fairness, right. he's a good keeper now. Plays for Udinese in Serie He was not. A you could see <laughs> he was it. Not you could see the potential, but yeah, it just wasn't that. He signed before. He, anyway, he was, Woodward, how are yeah. we getting on this <laughs> in this fight of Just very quickly, <laughs> there was that that the year that the soccer thing happened. There was that meme going around of roses are red. Uh, and then putting something in that was completely unrelated, and it was roses are red. I like to hunt the soccer game for box you fans. It's one of my favorite videos of all time. <laughs> oh my god! That's incredible. Anyway, so yeah, as you can imagine, when I saw the dark started side of soccer, I was thrilled. So I'll quickly oh. run through our fixtures because I, I was gonna say, can I, I uh, just say, ironically, that's also what I would shout to him from the sidelines as well just to motivate him a bit more when you, when, I, when you click that shout of get further forward that's what yeah. i'm shouting at the saga <laughs> absolutely so i don't think he had a good season overall but we'll, we'll get back to that so first game between our sides it was darmstadt against union berlin both sides were struggling at the time 
Alex Towles' Hanover made a really good start to the season. They won all of their opening six games, but more on them later on. Darmstadt and Union Berlin were struggling, and I thought both managers could get sacked entering the game. So that wasn't great. Finished one all. Reese Oxford for Union Berlin scored an absolute screamer. The second game, Hanover won, Union Berlin won. Form had sort of turned at Hanover. They were starting to slump a bit, which wasn't obviously the best thing in the world. I don't have the goal scorers up in front of me, but I'm sure it was very, very uninteresting. Because I only I only noted the goal scorers when they were interesting players. It was Trisoldi and a guy who I'm never, ever going to be able to pronounce the name of. So I'm just going to call him Tim. Tim scored. So that was good for Tim. Anyway, the third game, Darmstadt against Hanover. Form has still not turned right. around for Alex Towles. Entering the game, they had two points in eight games. Darmstadt won 1-0. Pierre Lassoc, Michel Lasocca scored the only goal of the game. He listened to my instructions. Exactly, he did. I think it was a hit from outside the box, actually. I can't remember now, I didn't write it down. I, I still believe he should have got into the box. But anyway, the the sadness of losing to a Pierre Michel Lasocca goal was too much to Hanover who sacked towels straight after the oh, game. Yes! <laughs> yes! So Tamp Brown got, got towels sacked. You got me sacked. Oh my word. Yeah, opened oh, with six dude. straight wins and then got two points through the next nine games. By the way, I had a problem with that because I believe... Oh no, sorry, it was Darmstadt knocked out Marcelo Bielsa from the DFB Pacal, so I now officially hate Alex Tamp Brown because... <laughs> a win's a win. Bielsa... Dare you. So I'm now hated by two of my co-hosts <laughs> on this podcast. Do you want to guess oh, who wow. took over at Hanover? I, I just hope it's Alex Towles, not arch nemesis Steve Bruce. It was. <laughs> <laughs> he's retired. It was not. It, he's he's a name in German football. He currently manages a Bundesliga club. Marco Rosa. No, the guy who replaced him and the guy who he replaced, Erdin Terzic, took over at Hanover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Oh. So many random Bundesliga wow. managers who are in like the second and third tiers in this save. What, it's absolutely wild. What you should have done is, as soon as Towels was sacked, you should have got, the, got into the editor and found Streaky Lee Johnson and just replaced... Towels with Lee Johnson. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. It sounds like I was just as streaky as Hanover manager as I am in my own save, so it's very realistic. Yeah, and if you want... Did I get a new job? You did get a new job. I was going to give you the Greuther Firth job originally, but they're in the Bundesliga at the moment. So I gave you the only other open job in the Spider, and I hate to tell you, but it was Eintracht Braunschweig. And that's not good news for anybody, because Eintracht Braunschweig's (laughs) squad was bad. I did mean to make it better in the transfer window for you, just to give you a fighting chance, but then I forgot. Because it was like 20... <laughs> it was 20 minutes before we started recording this podcast. <laughs> I, I needed I promise, to rush. You were going to get play- players, and then I just forgot about you, despite the fact that I was going to be recording with you in 20 minutes' time. Well, no, that was why, because I was trying to rush through the rest of the season to get to... Oh. I mean, I, I won't spoil what happened to you yet. I mean, you categorically get relegated, but I won't spoil that yet. 
the next game between our sides was in February. That was in October. The next game between our sides was in February. And I'll be honest, I didn't think Tamp Brown was going to make it because I was simming through and constantly Tamp Brown position at Darmstadt under threat kept coming up in, in like the news as I was simming. I didn't think he was going to make it, but he did. And he lost to Alex Woodward's Union Berlin. Kevin Behrens scoring late on. Oh, by the way, your second game in charge of Antwerp Braunschweig was against Hanover. You lost, so that wasn't that wasn't great. I've just seen that, and then you lost three nil to Union Berlin with Renier and Grockres scoring. So I've, I've I've now got to the point of I don't care if I get sacked again. Oh, sorry. This this is um Antwerp Braunschweig with towels. Oh no no! I was I was, was going to say like in ref- in reference to the fact that I'm always under threat. I don't I don't care if I get a double sacking now. I've sacked towels and that's the main <laughs> thing. Well, that was the thing when when oh. I beat you, I thought I was going to have sacked you. But I, I'll I'll tell you, you did make it to the end of the season despite me seeing that news link at least ten times. I don't know how you managed it. Uh, you, as, you, I think as. Oh, carry on, please. You two did play one more time. You did not sack towels again. You drew two all. Oh. I, th- I think uh, the thing that sticks in my mind is that uh, that meme of Thanos, and it's just, I am inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised, you only won what? twice from September on. I don't know how you've kept your job. Wait a minute, I only won twice, and one of them was to sack towels. Yeah. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Oh wait, no, sorry, sorry. Hang on, no, no. I'm reading the wrong list. That that I makes far, far more sense. I was like, how the, did you stay up? <laughs> no, you, you did win. Twi- you did win more. Oh, can we can we just pretend that I only won twice from September? Stayed in a job and somehow sacked the other person on the on the. I mean, if it makes you feel better, you won one, two, three. Four. Oh no, you did win a lot. You won nine games. So still where did we all finish double digits. <laughs> no. So in the end, Eintracht Braunschweig relegated in last place, but your team's terrible, so it's forgivable. Darmstadt finishing 13th on 39 points. By the way, Augsburg were relegated, so they went straight through the Zweiter. So well done them. I, th- I blame them giving me Gokrez. Obviously... In the last episode, we talked about Mbappe and Haaland. Both got promoted to the Spider Bundesliga. Who did better? Mbappe. Haaland. You think Haaland did better? You think Mbappe? Tamp Brown is right. Haaland did significantly better. 1860 finished 8th on 54 points. Haaland was the top goal scorer in the league, 25 goals. Mbappe second, 23 goals, which is fewer than both of them will probably score this year in their respective top flights, because football manager makes no sense. By the way, Harry Kane did terribly. He scored like six goals. I was very upset because he's playing for St. Pauli. How many did he score in the end? Oh, he scored... Actually, he had an uptick in form towards the end of the season. He scored 12. But... Yeah, those two were really good. There was another player who, who was really good. I signed someone for Nuremberg. He scored 22 goals. Can you guess who it was? I'll give you a clue. Bielsa's managing. 
Patrick Bamford. Patrick Bamford. And the reason <laughs> yes. I laughed earlier is entering the last month of the season, he was the league's top goal scorer. Oh <laughs> Both Harland and Mbappe. Oh oh, Jesus. He played fewer so games as was well. Holland, Mbappe, Bamford. <laughs> is it like Wales Golf Madrid? Just in that order. <laughs> I don't get it. So, yeah, and oh. as a result of Patrick Bamford, Bielsa's Nuremberg did get promoted. Alongside <laughs> them, Bochum made an instant return to the Bundesliga, but the champions of the league, Union Berlin. <laughs> Good. Uh, you, of course you put yourself in charge of the team that only just got relegated, you jammy I mean, dodger. what choice did I have? I couldn't do St. Pauli. <laughs> Because you could have put yourself in charge of Eintracht Braunschweig. Actually, no, I couldn't have. They had a manager. It, um, there were, unfortunately, there were three openings at the time. Three, three. Yeah, at the time I picked mine, it was Union Augsburg. Thank God I didn't pick them. And I, who was the other team? It might have been Hansa, and I wasn't doing Hansa. But yeah. I re- I'm really enjoying this. This is like doing a network save without the effort of coordination. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I'm, just, I'm 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 now gonna get a uh, a t-shirt printed that just says I sacked Alex Towels, <laughs> and I'm gonna wear it everywhere. No one is gonna get the reference until one person goes, "Oh, I listen to the po-, like in the most random of places." Going, "Oh, I listen to the podcast. I heard about this." I'll be there like, "Yes, I am his overlord." No, so... no, no, no! No one knows our faces. They're gonna see. They're gonna see you wearing that shirt and be like, "Is it?" But but now Is that I said I'm gonna be wearing it, I think yeah. they can kind of go, "Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah." yeah. Put, put the logo at still. the bottom of it, and then everyone will know. Yeah, everyone, you'll be stopped so many times. It'll be ludicrous. Here's a fun fact for you: for getting through over an hour of podcast, dear listener, our current logo was made by me. In PowerPoint. God, you used PowerPoint? Why would yeah. you use that? You're so unprofessional. You never see me creating a podcast logo in PowerPoint. <laughs> never. Awkward silence. <laughs> um... <laughs> so, to quickly run through the Bundesliga, because I did do stuff in the Bundesliga as well, despite having Diet Up and Meccano, and even more importantly, Ethan Ampadu, which... It was not a signing I made, despite the fact it really looks like a signing I would make. And also having Leroy Sane, which, again, not as important as Amphidou. Greuter Firth were relegated at the first attempt, with a similar number of points to which they had in the Bundesliga without those players in real life last season. So, Hoffenheim was relegated in a big win for all of us football fans. And Eintracht Frankfurt weirdly ended up in the relegation playoff game and loss to Nuremberg. Bielsa, they were relegated. At the top... Wait, so who who were relegated? uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, Hoffenheim and Firth. I'll take Frankfurt, please. Right, so, so I was going to ask you that. You can't get relegated to the third division and just immediately join the top. Because you've not no, been... No, 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 I, can, I can join those the people who have been relegated to the Spider. You've Alex, not what, been sacked. The <laughs> They're keeping you on, even, even though 
<laughs> I looked at your managerial profile and, it's, and it said, thinks he has no future at the club, but he's he's not resigned. So I hate to tell you, you're going into the Twitter. <laughs> Soon enough, oh when he's when he's word. not winning the dritter, it's just going to be thinks he has no future, and then that's going to be it. I, I really enjoy the idea. This is what you should do. You should make it like a, a recurring loop where if I get sacked from the dritter, you should put me in charge at the top of the Bundesliga. <laughs> oh God! It's like imagine, in... imagine you just taking Bayern down. <laughs> It's like in Civilization when Gandhi starts off with the least aggressive score and he gets even less aggressive until he wraps around to being the most aggressive and he's yeah. using nukes on everyone. It's exactly the same as that. <laughs> Such a weird reference. It, it, it's it's a, a great reference. example of integer underflow. We all know about integer underflow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very important the thing. Because of Civ, but yeah. yeah. I mean, we also Tom story. Scott videos, but... Apart from that. So, just to go to the top of the Bundesliga, Bader Bremen finished third. They had the hey. best strike force in the league. Nicholas Fulkrug scored 22. He handed him a transfer request at one point, but doesn't seem to be interested in leaving anymore, which, you know, it would have broke my heart if he did. Eric Chupamoting scored 23. It is worth pointing out, I did edit all of his stats. <laughs> to, to make it more realistic... You know, he wasn't rated yeah, highly yeah, enough. Yeah. So, sure. I want you to cast your mind back to the 90s and to the 1997-98 season in particular. Something very famous happened in German football. Managed by Otto Rehagel, Kaiserslautern, having just been promoted to the Bundesliga, won the Bundesliga their first year back in the top flight. It's one of the greatest miracle stories of all time, which Otto Rehagel seems to do a really good job of orchestrating miracles. So when they got promoted this time around, I decided I wanted to try and replicate that. How did I try and replicate that? Well, I'll just read through the list of players signed by Kaiserslautern. Joshua Kimmich, Josko Vardio, Schlager, Thomas Muller, Robert Lewandowski, Jadon Sancho, uh, Luis Hernandez, Alisson, Ferlan Mendy, Tadebo, Adamola Luckman. I didn't sign him. They signed him. Jesus, okay. <laughs> Marius Wolf, Tete, Tariq Lamptey, who I also didn't sign, and a load of other players. They spent $208 million. And By the way, most of those transfers were frees and loans, so... That's, that's how, how wild they've been. I completely sunk Bayern Munich at the same time because I was very annoyed that they had done winning again. So Joshua Kimmich and Thomas Muller both went on loan, as did Leroy Sane, Sadio Mane, Serge Nabry, Leon Goretzka, Alexander Nubel, Marcel Savitzer, Alfonso Davis, Tyler Pumacano, Mateus De Litt, Lucas Hernandez, Benjamin Pavard, Kingsley Coman, and of course Jamie Lawrence, the best of their players. So they had... I, I decimated the entire squad. They finished fourth somehow, so that wasn't <laughs> great, but they didn't win the league... And by a grand total of 15 points, Kaiserslautern won the Bundesliga. Yes. Which, thank God, because if Love they it. hadn't, I think I would have shut down this entire save. Unless Dortmund had won. <laughs> Dortmund finished second. And thank the Lord. But, <laughs> finally, we have a, 
it's it's not really I was gonna say a miracle. It's not really a miracle when all of the best players in the world have signed for you in an off season. So that's of a miracle, but a very welcome change at the top of the Bundesliga. Wow. That's very impressive. Absolute does roller coaster. Act like this makes me want to do a network save. I don't think we have the capacity within the three of us to run a network save, no. but this makes me want to do a network save. <laughs> It's the network save without the stress. Yeah, as yeah. you mentioned earlier. It is. Yeah. I, I, I want to go... I think I could do a better job as Hanover manager than virtual me. Yeah. yeah I think you could. I would, love to, I would love to see you try and replicate this and still I sack you. Then I, could get, <laughs> I, I could just get some tip and write times two on my, on yeah. my t-shirt. Like, like, it's like, this is why we should do a network save. Like, What's better than sacking me once? Sacking me twice. Anyway. Out of interest, Tal, um, Tam Brown, mm-hmm. sorry, do you want to resign your position and go to the Drizzle League and see if you can sack him again? <laughs> nah. Can I, resign I want my to see position? if you can build Darmstadt with Pierre Michel Lasaga. I, I want to see that as well. And I hopefully Where get did Tam Alex Brown finish in the cup. 14th, wasn't it? Or 13th? Uh, you finished. I'll stop showing that. You finished 13th. Yeah. Either or, Tom, I, I hope I draw you in the cup. I will point out in. 32 points behind me. Yeah, <laughs> but you've made yourself into this god. Yeah, you took over a relegated Bundesliga side. I mean, that that is a very fair point, but I, I will point it, out, actually, in the season preview, Union Berlin were second favourites, Hanover were third favourites, so I'd be careful. I mean, yeah. Darmstadt were 12 favourites, so you did about okay. Yeah. I, I just think it's funny that despite my inability to swim in real life, my ability to tread water in FM is absolutely unmatched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I've was, just looked. Um, Alex Towles is precarious. Tamp Brown is insecure. <laughs> so I could still get sacked. Mm. Where, where, did Ta- where did Hanover actually finish in the end? Hanover... I hate to say it turned it around under Erdin Terzic and finished four, no, fifth, sorry, three points off Nuremberg. So I hate to say if they'd sacked you a game earlier. <laughs> <laughs> because I got Tawos sacked, they did better and Tawos ended up relegated. Yeah. Yes. This is your, like, villain origin story. <laughs> This is why we need to do a real-life network save, an actual network save, so I can prove that I'm actually better than both of you at Football Manager. But that's by the by, because we're done talking about Football Manager for this week. We've talked about plenty of Football Manager, and it's time to talk about some other football-related video games that we've been playing. And, oh boy, you'll want to stick around for this, because I'm breaking out the Game Boy. But first, we're going to have another quick break. And we're back once again from that second break to talk about things that aren't Football Manager. I know, wild. But we've included this segment specifically because I went Christmas shopping. And also what we wanted to talk about is FIFA Save. But that's by the way, I went Christmas shopping. I was out and I was at the computer exchange shop that you may be aware of. You know, the one that they call CEX. And I saw on the shelf... A Game Boy game. A Game Boy game for £2. A Game Boy game that I could not resist buying. The game that I saw was O'Leary Manager 
2000. What? I love it so much. It's wild. You, can it? I ask? It's iconic. One of many questions I've got. Mm -hmm. Do you do you have like press conferences in the game where you have to respond to every question with, "Oh, I was just a young side. We're still learning." Doesn't seem to be any. Uh, because that press was his answer. That was his answer to every question as Leeds boss. Uh, you know, it's a young side. You know, we're, we're learning as we're going along. The joke back in the day when O'Leary was Leeds manager was that they were the only side in the Premier League who had to be burped at half-time. <laughs> uh, I, I, there are no preface conferences in the game. And it's actually, it, it's a funny one because it's like, obviously I had to buy it because I was like, how on earth have they pulled off a management, a football management game on the Game Boy Color? Uh, and so I bought it, plugged it into my Game Boy Advance, and what I found out is it's, well, two things. One, it's more like, it's kind of more like FIFA, like a really, really stripped-down FIFA career mode, in that, like, you've got three options. You can either play as the team, well, no, you've got two options. You can either play as the team or, like, football manager-style manage the team. You can pick your players, it's all licensed, you can make transfers and stuff. You get like a budget of ten and a half million pounds to start the season if you pick a Premier League side. Um, but it's really, really hard, is what I discovered. Like, I I started up a new save as Leeds United, of course, because it's O'Leary Football Manager 2000. What am I going to do? Um, played the first game, and I lost 4-0 to Southampton in the first game. And then in the second game, I knocked that, the difficulty cool. down to low. And then I lost 4-0 again to Manchester United in the second game. <laughs> so I restarted and deleted the save uh, and played one on the... Uh, played exactly the same save on the Football Manager Just Simulate It version. And we won 2-0 in our first game through two penalties. So I'm just going to stick with that. I'm ashamed to say I haven't actually played it very much. I just kind of booted it up, went, this exists... This is absurd, and then turned it off and went back to playing Football Manager. But I'm I'm incredibly happy that this exists and I own it now. I mean, you you nice. have to be happy about it. It's a it's a staple of my childhood, from what I remember. My I mean, it is typical of Alir because his one criticism, or the one criticism of him at Leeds, was that he was very egocentric and sort of put himself first and. Spending time outside of coaching to write a book and to do TV appearances and all that. And whilst being a decent manager on the pitch, he never seemed to be 100% committed. So the idea that he would license a video game is not surprising in the slightest. So I, I've got a squad. However, still good. Would you like to hear my... Uh, how many men is it? One, two, three, four, five... 16-man lead squad that I've got. Go on. Right, you start the game, you've got Martin in goal, Kelly, nice. Kadebi, or Radebi, I can't actually read that. Radebi. Radebi. Woodgate. Radebi. Lucas. Sorry. Dewberry. Hopkin. Yep. Kuhl. Oh, David Hopkin. Yep. With like four teeth. Yep. Kuhl. Hart. Batty. Huckabee, Bridges, Robertson, Alfinger Harland, Backer, Smith, Boyer, 
that's the squad. Nice. Is there any part of the game where Alvin Harlan comes up to you and says, "I've just, uh, I've just had a child. We're thinking he's going to become a really good player." I doubt it. All things considered, considering oh. that this game is what it's, it's actually no. Erling Haaland was is a couple of years older than us. He would be like what one when this game was made. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm sure he was born in two thousand. No, he's definitely a couple of years younger in Leeds. So he's older than me. I know that. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Stop being young. No. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I, the, the Revealed to the viewers, I'm the youngin of the podcast. This is why I sack if, you. If you don't stop... <laughs> yeah, if you don't stop gloating about your age, Alex Tamp Brown's going to sack you again. <laughs> You'll make a new Alex Tamp Brown and put him in the, in the Dritter Liga. Every manager you oh, come that, across in the Dritter Liga is actually just going to be a, a good different idea. version of me. Anyway, do you have any other questions about this game that I might actually be able to answer? Not that you'll be able to answer. It's got like a top-down perspective. So like like you're looking mm. down on the players and you move all the players. You don't have a specific player selected. You move all the players at the same time. and Okay, that hurts. That, that hurts my brain. Yeah, because how else are they going to like do a table football? football, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> and um, there's only two buttons. So you've got pass and shoot. Okay. Uh, and right. obviously when you've not got the ball it's tackle and tackle but yeah it's just it, it's it's funny it they, exists they re- they're really committed to the uh, to the ball winning midfielder role yeah uh, and the game music which I'm only assuming we're not going to get sued for is this I'm going to assume we're not going to get sued for that either I, don't, I, I think we're fine It's not like the, what's weird is the, by my Game Boy Advance. That's the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not the, the Game Boy or the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, which it sounds like it's from. I mean, it's from the Game Boy it, Color, coming through a absolutely knackered Game Boy Advance. It's, I would assume that could do better than that. It probably could, just about. Maybe, it's but the to be fair, fair enough. Yeah. But FIFA Seven. Mr. Woodward. Final, one more thing oh, before yeah. we move on. Mm-hmm. First of all, not pronouncing Radaby's name right is, is a cardinal sin in Leeds. But did you know uh, about Lucas Radaby? Nelson Mandela called him his hero. No. That's Nelson fun. Mandela called Lucas Radaby his hero. <laughs> Why? An- because he was to... his hero. <laughs> can, can I add... Uh, I mean, Nelson. It's amazing. Can I add Nelson into my in my group of closet Leeds fans, which is me <laughs> apparently. Yes. There we go. It's you and Nelson Mandela in the <laughs> list of closet Leeds I'd fans. I'd say this is a very good sure. group that I'm holding myself in. I'd have to find the article again that mentioned it because Phil Hay wrote about it in the Athletic. Yeah. But I'm sure he either called him his hero, or his inspiration. I think it was hero. Because inspiration would be even more incredible somehow. <laughs> but Lucas Radaby, one of the all-time great people off the pitch. So, always good to hear Lucas Radaby's name. And so many of their, their names. That was a, a really nice squad. And also Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, sorry. You were good too, Jonathan. Stop abusing Middlesbrough. Anyway. Speaking of Jonathan Woodgate, FIFA 07. FIFA 07, right, so very, very quickly, I, I 
decided to load up FIFA 7 randomly a couple of weeks ago. I started off doing a Bundesliga save. It wasn't a career mode, it was just a tournament because I just couldn't be bothered. I just wanted to play it for a bit. And I did it with Alemania Action, who obviously had their sole Bundesliga season in the 2006-07 season. But the Bundesliga was good that year. From what I can tell, I didn't watch it in person. I was too busy crying about Leeds getting relegated. And instead of wanting to, to do the Bundesliga, I decided I wanted to do La Liga instead because I, I, I love La Liga almost as much as the Bundesliga, though La Liga does find unique ways to annoy me, including this weekend with that VAR decision in the Betis game. Anyway, not the point. So the 2006-07 La Liga season was absolutely incredible. Real Madrid and Barcelona obviously going for the title. Real Madrid won the league on head-to-head -head record. They both finished with 76 points, I want to say. And because of their games against each other, Real Madrid won the league. And that has to be the best way for a season to end, in my personal opinion. Though the games weren't like last-minute winners, so you can complain about that if you want. So I, I wanted to pick a side to take over in the 06-07 La Liga season. And I decided I was going to do a side at the bottom of the league, which was a weird call, I guess, because I could have gone for a side who were near the top that season, reminisce about their players, and push them towards the title. So, who did I pick? I, I, as much as I want to guess, um, I'd, I'd like a player, but my, my first guess is going to be someone yes. like uh, Albacete. Obasete, who were not in the league that year. Deportivo so no. La Coruña. So, stop guessing. I'm doing players. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll go through. I'll go through the two best players based purely on statistics first. Though I will spoil it and say this side got relegated. The best player was a guy called Fernando Baiano. And he scored. How many goals did he score that year? He scored eighteen goals in forty-five games. So you know, decent. He played for other clubs in his career: Wolfsburg, Malaga, Mercia, and then a load of other sides who who no one cares about. Uh, Nene had a good season that year for them. He he played quite a lot of games. He also played eight games for West Ham, according to his Wikipedia page, and he played for Monaco and Espanyol. Alaves and Mallorca. The most famous player, though, I would say probably from that side. <laughs> nearly said the, the team name. <laughs> the most famous player from that side was probably Pinto, who would later go on to be the goalkeeper for Barcelona, back up to Victor Valdez. But a lot of people will have seen him because of the 31 appearances he made for Barcelona. He previously made 181 for this club. Sporting Gijon. It's not Sporting Gijon, who were also not in La Liga that year. Real Valladolid. Oh, you said Deportivo La Coruña, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Um, it's not Deportivo La Coruña. It's a side were relegated. I'll tell you the other sides, by the way. Gimnasia de Tarragona were relegated. Real Sociedad were relegated that year. But the third and final side... Mallorca? No. No, Mallorca <laughs> finished 12. Knowing, knowing Woodward... I think I know it. Do you know it? Is it Celta Vigo? It is Celta Vigo, yes. 
I, I thought um, it was too fitting because I, 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 I genuinely think that Saltavigo save on Football Manager might be my favourite of all time, which is weird because it started off as my least favourite. I was like, why have I done this? Why have I left Red Star? This was stupid. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have taken over Saltavigo, but I absolutely loved it and won two Champions League and I'm genuinely going to go back and complete that save eventually, the, but not yet. I was going to say, the thing that kind of gave it away was was first of all Pinto and I was there like no I I, I remember when he was at Barca because I, I used to play as you know please forgive me I used to play as Barca on FM08 just because of Ronald no, just enough. because of Ronaldinho it was a spe- special side I'd yeah, never I mean, heard of him <laughs> this is why he got sacked oh these youngins <laughs> um, and I was there like who is this dude with this ponytail like what is he doing in my club? Um, and then when Alex's face started lighting up, when I said, I think I know it, I was there like, yeah, I'm pretty confident on this one. Mm. I was going to originally do Hualva, who finished eighth that year and actually played really well. I, I started watching a while ago a season review in Spanish on YouTube, and there was a Hand of God goal from Aguero against Hualva <laughs> where he properly handled the ball in, smacked it. And got away with it. So try and find that? that if you can. 2006-07. I'd have to try and find the video for you, but it was 100% intentional. Oh. And he got away with it. I've, I've, so that would have been I've fun. I've just looked up the, the league table. And one, it's an absolutely fantastic uh, La Liga. I mean, Zaragoza qualifying. It's an all-time season. Zaragoza qualifying for the UEFA Cup. We love to see. Yeah. But I've just seen that uh, Huelva didn't make European competition despite finishing above Hatafe, who did qualify for the UEFA Cup first round. And Hatafe got there because um, Sevilla qualified for the Champions League and they won the Copa del Rey. Um, mm. So Hatafe won that spot to the UEFA Cup instead of it going yeah, to the instead of it going to the league for Quelva. I miss those days. I, I miss those days. We actually we talked about Alemania action earlier. They made the UEFA Cup as a fighter Bundesliga side because they made an unexpected run to the cup final. I tell you what, whoever beat them in the final must have been an amazing team, right? They must have been such an awesome club who do things so awesomely. Ooh, let me guess. <laughs> it was Werder. It wasn't going to be St. Pauli. Come on. <laughs> It was it was Dortmund or Werder based on that. <laughs> oh yeah, but I, I believe it was Werder who beat them in the Pokal final that year. But because Werder made it the Champions League, Alemania action got into the Wave Cup, and they actually went quite far. I believe they made it to the round of sixteen. Uh, so what? what was their group stage spot then? I believe I don't know. Uh, they might not have oh, been. Oh three oh four. Werder Bremen beat Aachen in the uh, Pokal final. Hmm. But the year after, they were in the UEFA Cup as a result. Yeah. I think our football manager podcast it... might be over, lads. <laughs> I think it might. I was going to say, yeah, we've we've kind of delved in, into the <laughs> the depths there. Ah, uh, well, thank you very much for listening. If you've listened to all of this, well, firstly, why? Secondly, thank you. Uh, we will be back whenever we next can be bothered to sit down and record another episode. So. It could be next week. It could be next month. We shall see. But there will be another episode for you. 
Next episode, we'll find out if Tent Brown is still absolutely failing to get into a save. We'll see if Woodward has made Tent Brown sack me again. And we'll see if I have stayed at the same level in English football across two episodes for the first time since last episode. See you there. By the way, I am totally putting in an after-credit note that Alemania Archon did qualify from the group stage in the UEFA Cup and were knocked out of the round of 32 by AZ Alkmaar. Would you like to say goodbye, you guys? You didn't actually say goodbye. Bye. Oh, okay. I guess this can be in the actual show then. Bye. See you later, guys. Have a good Yeah.